The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? You're listening to the Rosolo NBA podcast with Ryan Rosillo. Right. I'm excited. I've been sitting in my office now for a little while and I've been running through the NBA.com advanced stats. I've been calling research going, Hey, can you guys help me out with some stuff? But I haven't heard back from them yet. So I don't know if I'm going to get this email while I tape this. I also ate a yogurt that expired. I don't know, three weeks ago, but it's this really fancy one that's sort of from Colorado and New Zealand. I don't know. That's what it says in the label. So I'm not even sure if that's true, but it sounds great and it's pretty tasty. And I know a lot of cool guys aren't doing dairy now, but it's just such a good yogurt. It's lemon and it's been sitting in my fridge and I went away for a little bit. I go, you know, I just don't want. So like if you went to a really expensive place, restaurant, club, you'd spend $20 on a vodka soda, but I could not possibly let a $3 yogurt go unused. So I could be sick. All right. Let's do this. So as I try to do, Throughout the season, I make it mandatory to watch teams that I haven't checked out in a while, right? So I'll go, hey, man, been a little while since you watched Jazz. Hey, dude, you going to check in with the Bulls at any point? Although I really don't want to watch them, but I did watch them play the Lakers the other night. And I go, you know what I want to do? I want to dig in. I want to dig in deep. I want to watch the Magic. I want to watch the Magic, and I want to watch the Thunder, and I'm not going to be distracted by the John Wallace Wizards at Sixers free throw festival where I think the final number ended up being 36 free throw attempts in the fourth quarter for the Sixers. I was also thinking about going to the Sixers at the Celtics tonight, but once I found out there was no Embiid, I don't know. I feel like if I'm going to drive up there, sit through Hartford traffic and Boston traffic, and have a dude, I'm probably going to get yelled at a lot. So I uh, I don't know. I, I was going to actually even invite Saruti, but so I'm looking at Saruti right now. Would you have gone if I said, all right, you and me, Celtics tickets tonight, let's do it? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, but there's no Embiid, so I feel... That hurts, yeah, I'm not sure. It's stupid, because it's still the Celts. You still get to see Simmons, but there's just something about it where I go, if I'm going to go see the Sixers and drive up, I'd like Embiid to be a part of it. Where are the seats? The seats would be awesome. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, but I'm I'm not. I'm out on it now. Mm -hmm. I got stuff to do, workshop, and different projects. So let's talk about the magic, and feel free, Saroots, to jump in at any point here, uh, because... picked a good one, at least. I did pick a good one because it hadn't been good as of late. We're talking what eight losses in a row? Nine, none, two. So okay, at one point, let's do this. Let's do what their record was, and we're like, man, the Magic—they're pushing the pace. Look at all these. Well, amazing- there was a time when they played the Grizzlies, and I believe both of them were second in their in their conferences respectively. Yes, and not then since then, they have both. I think maybe won one game since. That is accurate. That was a very. Clever. Well, I mean, I can do this Memphis thing real quick here, too, because remember we did like a little bit on Memphis because I kept looking and going, man, they won again. They won again. I watched them a little last night, but uh, Memphis was five and one. And I watched, I think maybe the Houston win to make them five and one. And I'm going, look at this team. Actually, Parsons had a big game. So maybe that wasn't the one I watched. But you go, but you know, long, a lot of long length, switch everything. You know, we, if I have to go on Sports Center, a little seeker here. A lot of us would just be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, Grizzlies break it down." And you're like, "I don't know. I think they might stink, but they're five and one, so I'll I'll try to sell this as a positive, knowing deep down, hey, I think they might stink." And now they're seven and thirteen. And back to the Magic. The Magic were five and two, and they beat New Orleans uh, six and two, six and two. So they had beat Memphis. There's that Memphis game you're talking about. That was November first, and then L L. Oh no, wait a minute. We beat the Knicks. We beat the Suns. We're eight and four. L. 
Denver, L, Golden State, L, Portland, L, Utah Jazz by 40 at home. First day back on that road trip, though. But you had, oh my God, Thursday, or you had two days off. Home loss to the Pacers, home, uh, at Minnesota loss, smashed at Boston, smashed at Philadelphia. The Pacers, who are, for whatever reason, the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. Let me double-check that. Uh, and then they beat Oklahoma City last night. I know at some point you guys are probably saying, hey, Rosillo, it's three minutes in. Can we please talk about the Magic? Uh, now I have to double-check that whole thing on the the Pacers because I was looking up that stuff this morning. How about this little tidbit, though? Do you want you want something awesome that's going to blow your mind? If I gave you 1,000 guesses at who the top three three-point shooters were, you wouldn't get it. The Pacers are number one. They're the only team over 40% from three. If you want to go individual players. Are you saying team or individual players? No, no. Well, I would think team, you would be able to get it with a thousand guesses because there's only 30 of them. But even though there's only 450 players to name all three, you wouldn't. You would, you would, you would jump. It would be like heart of the sea where they go, all we have is hard tack left. And you go, I'm just going to jump in the water and drown myself now. There's nothing. This vest is ratty. I'm sunburnt like hell. It's been a hundred days. Like I'm, I just, I feel weak and pathetic, and I don't want to ration the hard tack anymore. All right. So three point shooting. I have it here. I promise. Um, yeah, these are your. These are because <laughs> I looked at it this. I heard the note last night during the Pelicans game, which, by the way, is a classic example of not betting because Minnesota was coming in back-to-back 40-plus minutes for like all the main dudes. They looked like garbage at the end of their loss two nights ago against the Wizards. Yeah, right? I'm losing track of stuff here. Yeah, yeah, it had to be. Um, Okay, so last night the Pelicans are like, yeah, Darius Miller, another three. Your top three-point shooters in the NBA are Tony Snell at 49%, Kelly Olenek at 49%, and Darius Miller of the Pelicans at 49%. C.J. McCollum's the only name in that list where you go in the top five. This makes any sense. Jason Tatum's sixth. Joe Ingles is seventh. Otto Porter, although Porter's had stretches before. He hit threes last year. Uh, George Hill. And then one of your Eastern Conference All-Stars, Tobias Harris, who absolutely went off against the Celtics a couple nights ago. Um, he's been, dude, He, how much do you miss Tobias Harris? I don't. You know who I do miss, ironically now? Yeah. Oladipo. Yep. That's what that was the bummer about those two Pacers losses. He was unbelievable. He's been awesome, awesome. But Which is super predictable after they traded him. <laughs> okay, but you don't need him. You want to know why? I'm sorry, Magic fans. Five plus minutes, six minutes into the podcast, Aaron Gordon. Okay, I wanted to watch Aaron Gordon last night. I go. I want to lock in. I want to talk about the Thunder's problems today, and I want to watch Aaron Gordon. I still feel like there's something I said that may have been inaccurate, and now it's going to bother me. Because I do have some weird version, mild as it is, of OCD. And, uh, yeah, it was the Wizards that the T-Wolves lost to two nights ago. Okay, so I'm watching Aaron Gordon. I go, okay, here's a dude with a little handle. Um, dribble side to side, gets a crossover, shakes a defender. All right? Then the next possession down, maybe not the exact next possession, but these, these I'm just telling you things that I saw from Aaron Gordon last night. He sets a high screen... If you're watching on TV and the Magic are going left to right, he comes up on the ball, right side, uh, about three-point line, sets a screen there that isn't used, and maybe Peyton swings it to Vucevic, who's then at the other opposite, like beyond the three-point line. I'm not talking corner. I'm not even talking like elbow three 
I'm talking not even 45%, but kind of like two guys stationed beyond the three-point line just to the sides of the top of the key, okay? So Gordon comes up to set a ball screen for Peyton. Peyton doesn't use it, swings it to Vucevic, and then in this moment, Gordon's already reading it because I'm sure that this is, you know, Vogel is really good at this stuff, reads it, and Vucevic, great pass, Gordon catch dunk. But that was Gordon setting the screen, and instead of going, hey, you're not using my screen, I guess I'll just stand here, which is a really easy habit to get into. I mean, anybody that's ever played, like, you know what's kind of sucks is constantly setting screens and then constantly slipping them, constantly rolling them, and working, 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 and not always getting the basketball. So that's why you end up stop doing that stuff. And that's why ball movement is more and more becoming, I think, like the most important thing you can have in an offensive philosophy. Like, keep the ball moving, let everybody touch it, you get rewarded on that defense. And then there was even that Marcus Smart theory that he, if he misses a million shots, he plays even harder on defense, which I couldn't believe I read. Anyway, um, so you got... The side dribble where he shakes a defender, the high screen. He then had a catch on a pass out to him on the right side, three-point line, where the the throw wasn't great to him, and he kind of bobbled it, caught it, then got into a three-point shot and made it. He then had a possession where he beat everybody down the court, had a small guy on him, sealed him in the post, caught it, quick turnaround post score. He switched on to Russ defensively and came all the way out to meet Russ and put his hands out, and Russ immediately got rid of the ball. Not that Russ is afraid of anybody, but it was just kind of Russ was Russ wasn't looking at him going, all right, I got you. Russ was like, all right, somebody else can go. He then went up on the defensive side and grabbed a tough contested rebound in traffic, ripped it away from everybody, threw an outlet that led to a fast break from Peyton to somebody else. That was in seven minutes of the game. Hey, that wasn't the whole game. That was seven minutes into the game. I wrote all of these things down from the tip, looking up in awe of him, going, thank God you didn't trade this guy. Because there was a stretch, right, where it looked like it wasn't going to work out. There was a stretch where you go, oh, you know what he's going to be? He's going to be one of these dudes that can just, you know, he can dunk, he can jump, he's super athletic. If he ever gets it, you know, that Darius... Miles thing that we did forever. If he just can kind of, you know, and then it's like year six and you're saying the same crap about the guy. Oh, maybe he's just kind of a two-dribble guy. No. He's way more. He can handle. He can shake guys at his size. That is rare. That is special. That's Durant-type stuff, okay? You know, watching Durant, Brandon Ingram go at last night, like Ingram had a good night, but it's still a little sloppy. Durant doesn't get enough credit for his handle at his size, and we should say it every day. We wake up. But Gordon has that handle, and the shot looks right. There's a difference between being this big who shoots from the outside and knows kind of the muscle memory. It was, I always, you know, I'm sorry I referenced so many Celtics guys because just, you know, look, I watch it constantly, but there's others that you can think of. There are muscle memory players that everything has to be perfect for them to be a big that shoots threes or a non traditional three point shooter or somebody that develops that shot where it's catch, muscles locked in. Everything has to be right. The catch has to be the same. My toes have to be the same. The distance has to be the same. Like, I am locked in from this spot. You'll see that with some corner three guys. Gordon doesn't need to do that. He can dribble into it. He can do it in the catch. He can, like, he had some plays that were a little loose last night. And ultimately, and I'll get to the Thunder here in a second, but I just want to make sure I'm giving Gordon his credit. He was 13 to 23, 6 to 12 from three, 8 from 11 from the three throw line, 15 boards, four assists, four steals, and 40 points. And he is now on 
that list of, like, holy bleep, what if he becomes one of these guys? And I don't want to turn this into, oh, I watched him last night, so this is exactly who. Last night was an incredible night. But this isn't about the numbers. This is about all the things that I told you those first seven minutes into this game. And trust me, I am not the guy. Like, and I have these moron Celtics friends that, like, the one time Duncan comes to town, has, like, a 16-6 and six night, and they go, dude, I don't really see it. I think he's a bit overrated. You're like, you're right. Yep. The 16-6 and six night Duncan had the night you watched him the one time this year is exactly who he is, not like the 17 years of Hall of Fame stability numbers rings and maybe being one of the 10 best players of all time. No, you've got it, Murph. You've nailed it. This whole Duncan thing's a mirage because the one time you watched him in 365 days, he wasn't that great. Thank you. I hate people that do that, and all my friends do it all the time. Like, dude, Kobe, I don't, you know, kind of a chucka. Like, you're right. You're the only one, Murph, who's been able to figure out that Kobe wasn't as good as we've all make him out to be. So, Sarudi, the floor is yours. I two years ago in summer league, this was after his second league, second year. He's I could see his shot was getting better, and I'm going, you know, I know it's summer league, but like this is kind of exciting because he was a complete <laughs> yeah, but that's just form right? non shooter coming out. I, the funny thing is, I wanted Exum in that draft, and I am an idiot. Although yeah. we don't know about Exum yet. Yeah, I but, love it. I love dudes that don't give up on Exum, but. To see his shot, like he, he, there was a good stretch of this year where he was the best three point shooter in the league. Yeah. And my only problem with him is, and I, a lot of these magic guys I follow around feel the same thing on Twitter. He, he'll settle for a lot of bad shots at this point in his career, which is fine. I guess he's still young, but they, like the comp for him was always what, like Sean Marion, right? I think you could legitimately think that he's something like you mentioned, he's not Durant, but he has that weird skill set where he just does everything. He switches on everybody. That team kind of switches like one through four. And they even through that nine game losing streak, I sent a tweet out basically being like, Hey, I just feel like we're not talking enough about Aaron Gordon because you're right, his handle is unbelievable. I can't believe how good his handle is. And defensively, I think it was the game against the Pacers. The the Pacers players who were being guarded by Aaron Gordon were 0 for thirteen or something like that on all their shots. And so he's incredible defensively. He's kind of figuring out offensively. And this Magic team, like I know they went through that weird stretch. I think Vogel's a really good coach. I like him. I think they're way better organized. They have some weird lapses here and there. But between him, I think Isaac is pretty good. I think Fournier is still trying to kind of figure it out. They need. They could use a point guard. Like they could use somebody. I know Alfred's like kind of here and there. He gets triple double every once in a while. Actually, DJ Augustine's been the better point guard kind of this year. But if they can just get somebody a little bit more stable at that position, I think they could actually be pretty good. Yeah, and Isaac didn't play last Isaac's, night. Yeah, he's he's been kind of in and out of the lineup, but right. I actually I actually love him. I think he's awesome. He's another one of those guys that can kind of do everything, and he's been great defensively. Yeah, you got one of those Aflalo deals where you're like Aflalo, like who? Like oh, that's right, he's still on this team. I mean, I knew who he was, but uh, Simmons wasn't great, but he's had moments. But I, you know what? The reason I'm doing this and spending this much time on it is that you're absolutely right on the Aaron Gordon thing because when he came out of school, you go, man, I just hope it's the right team that kind of lets him do his thing and then it turned into all of us being mad that he was ever playing small for it and not power for it now i watch and go who cares like he can he can dribble well enough to be i cannot emphasize enough how many great athletes that try to play this game that never become more than two dribble guys and you go "Mm, there's just you're at a completely different level as a player the the flexibility and the things that you can do when you can contain your dribble and dribble around guys and keep your dribble and, and not, not pick it up. I mean, I know this sounds very basic, but it's so true. And I, you know, like I've seen the glimpses. I've seen the shooting numbers. And, and the first month was stupid. I mean, it was like 59% from three. Um, 
or the first, I, I think, in October. So I think he was, what, 6 of 12 last night. So, he's, I mean, he, he's he's still all right. No, he's he's actually, like, you worry about, okay, was this a total fluke? And then he's dropped off. And then if you look at the last half or so of the games in November, he's actually picked it back up again. So, the reason I'm doing this to to, to finish the point, because i got to talk about the Thunder, is just all you hope when you're one of these rebuilding teams is you get a guy that maybe is going to be something really special. Like, you usually don't get two, like the Sixers. The Sixers could have three. But it's pretty clear the Sixers have two special guys. And if they stay healthy, it is it is an awesome deal. Um, but a lot of teams do end up with, oh, Oladipo, oh, Alfred Payton, oh, you know, like, what are we doing? And, I'm look, I'm not saying Gordon is uh, a Tedekumpo, but... You know, when I watch a Milwaukee team, sometimes I watch Giannis and go, as great as Giannis is, I'm a little freaked that everybody just stands around and watches Giannis, and they're bad defensively, and everybody's basically efficiency standpoint-wise, other than Giannis, average or below. Bledsoe's been okay. But um, I, I just I don't want to get carried away on the whole thing, but I just think that like this, if this is real, if this is real with Aaron Gordon, I think you kind of – like you have the makings of a guy that other people will go, now I want to play with him as opposed to get you 18 and nine, get you some sick dunks. Everybody has the Jersey. You, and as soon as you pay him, you kind of regret the money you pay him, but you kind of have to pay him because the production's there, but it doesn't mean anything. And, you know, uh, I was, I was really impressed last night. I think the, the close it out work ethic is awesome. The guy works harder than anybody. And last year First when they were playing in, last guy, to leave. exactly. And I know that's a cliche thing, blah, 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 but he truly is that. And second, last year they, they had Vucevic, Ibaka, and then him, and that just was not that – right. that did not work. It didn't him. allow him any freedom to kind of slide between the two things. Like, I don't know why you even – why does Biombo get a pass on purpose? Like, if he ends up with the ball, okay, Bismarck, you can do whatever you want with it. But why would they – Is <laughs> if you notice that, how mad do you get when they run some sort of thing where it's like – and that might be the whole – if we want him to rebound, we want him to play defense, we've got to get him a touch or two. You know, the Ben Wallace, the Kendrick Perkins thing. But I, I wouldn't – maybe one a game, I'll be okay with It's just the contract that makes me hate him. I don't hate him the person. I just hate him as the contract. There should be some sort of assistant GM seminar. You know, instead of like rookie seminars for players, like as soon as you get a front office gig and they give you a binder and it's got the NBA hoop leather on the binder and you're really excited and you're looking at other dudes, you're like, oh, hey, I met you at that Daryl Morey – nerd fest at, at harvard oh no no mit dude sloan sloan shut up yeah yeah, yeah. so you're sitting there and, and it's in its rookie camp and then like the first slide they pull up is just highlights of biombo for the raptors in the playoffs two years ago and then it's just a stack of like 70 million dollars being lit on fire and then you know i don't know who would who would be the best to do that seminar isaiah like isaiah's like and let me tell you the time of when I traded for a guy with a heart condition and gave him a max deal. Okay. Um, Respect the game. Other side on the Thunder. I don't know if I got this note yet. I kind of was delaying because I was hoping to hear from Matt. Yes. All right. Do I tell you exactly what Matt wrote me? I haven't even proofread this yet. Okay. Paul George on Wednesday. Westbrook on off the court. Mm Hmm. All right, I was trying to do this thing, and it's immediately <laughs> – I don't want to read it out loud because it's immediately showing. I had a working theory from last night, and it's just not true. So the Thunder are not good right now. 
I've had this weird thunder deal this year where I've gone, huh, beginning of the year? Why is this thing going to work? And by the way, for those that when I brought up the GM survey, did I already do that GM survey thing on the podcast? I do it last time. I don't want to be a broken record, but the GM survey on NBA.com where the 30 GMs were asked and they said who has the best offseason. Oh, said, you tweeted it. Yeah, well, people yeah. said the Thunder. Like that, most GMs, more GMs pick the Thunder having the best offseason than any other team. And to me, it was just, it was such a recency thing because they get George in the beginning, but then they get mellow at the end and somehow that makes them the best. And I just thought it was silly to think, wait a minute, so the Celtics sign Hayward, which is not George, but then trade for Kyrie, which is that combined better than George, and then they move back two slots to get Tatum, who may be better than everybody in the draft, and then add another top, potentially top five pick was in protection on it. Um, so I've, I've kind of waffled on them. They're eight and 12. They are only a game and a half behind the Jazz for that last, uh, playoff spot in the West, but they're a mess right now. And if you look at the efficiency numbers of Russ, he's at 22 PR. That's a pretty good number for everybody else except for him. It's the lowest in eight years. Paul George is down for a third consecutive year, even though his PR stuff can be a little misleading. Because again, it's uh, a guy that's missed some time with injury. Um, they're 22nd in offensive efficiency. Their defense is actually top five, but they have this weird thing going on where their defensive efficiency fluctuates massively from quarter to quarter. And that was in the last week, so I haven't necessarily updated it. Russ's true shooting percentage is way down. Um, they are sixth in field goal makes unassisted. That's actually a bad number. Okay, who's number one in that kind of stuff? Well, that's the Golden State Warriors, the Houston Rockets. You know who's number one in, in field goal assists, like making sure, and I, I don't want to do too much of this um, because it can be boring as hell, but you know, when you look at ball movement and you go, all right, how many of your field goal makes are unassisted? Usually those are bad teams. I think Chicago's number one in that because it's everybody just trying to do their own damn thing, and that's easy to stop, it's easy to defend, and it's super frustrating to play alongside of. So this is turning into this weird kind of, even though there's some assist numbers there that you like, it, when you watch them, it's turning into this this weird deal where it's kind of every man for themselves, and their bench absolutely stinks. I, there's so many guys that come in off the bench, I'm like, this is nothing. They're, they're the second worst team in bench scoring. Only number um, number one is Milwaukee at 24, the Thunder at 25. Uh, points per game from their bench now you could say okay the way they're designed with those three dudes like figure it out that's on average you know over 60 something points a game from just three guys and then Adams you know you start on good nights it's 80 uh all the way up there so there's all sorts of numbers that I can tell you here I guess watching last night and this is not totally fair because I have the numbers here that go well that's not quite the deal and I kind of thought it was going to work out but I was wondering if Thunder fans think that when George is out there with Westbrook at times. You feel like George just disappears. If I were to ask Thunder fans, hey, did you think George was a little bit better than this? They'd probably say yes. His free throw attempts are down for, you know, three and a half. He wasn't ever a guy that was getting eight free throws a game, but he's three and a half free throw attempts. And then he's taking more threes than ever before, but he's also hitting 40% of the eight attempts. So you can't really knock him there. But George is a passive personality and at times can be a passive player despite incredible, incredible talent. And at least last night, he was somebody that when he started just driving on people and Westbrook was out of the game because the way they staggered the subs, they left him in and took Westbrook out, it was like, oh, hey, Paul George is on the team. And, and you know, look, that happens at times. That's kind of my old Chris Bosh rule when he was with the Heat. You go, oh, that's right, Chris Bosh is playing in the NBA Finals. And, you know, it, yeah, you're if you're talking about guys that are supposed to be top 10, top 15 players, you don't always want that to happen. But when I look at the net efficiency stuff on this, 
Um, Paul, I'm going to have to go over this again, but it's basically just what I thought. I mean, the rest of the scoring is so strong and the bench is so bad that I don't know how much separation there is between George and Westbrook and how many minutes total there would be anyway on the season so far, 20 games in of, of total minutes where they're not playing together because they're closing together, they're starting together. But there was a stretch where George was out there without Westbrook and I was like, oh, okay, so he's awake now and he actually had a really good game. But like I said, efficiency-wise, he's the worst he's been in three years. Russ is the worst he's been in eight years. They started off the season. Mello was taking the most shots. That's obviously fallen back. And then they had this unbelievable stretch in November where all three of them couldn't hit anything. Russ couldn't hit any free throws. But it's a bad bench. Um, and they're still not going to be this bad. But I'll say it now. Forget forget this team challenging the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder are not challenging the Warriors. And, and that's not – I think most of you probably already agree with that. And that's the way it was billed. And when I went on SportsCenter earlier this week, they go, hey, we thought this team was supposed to challenge its Golden State. And I just cut the anchor off and go – Hey, can we start over? Because I'm I'm not even address. I won't answer the rest of your question until we retract the idea that most of us thought they were actually they were new and it was exciting and it was a good off season. But the bench stinks. Guys aren't hitting shots. They will be a little bit better. They are top five in defense, but the offense consistently has been really disappointing for what they should be able to do with their spacing and two kind of two and a half because Mello at times still the ability to create their own shot and make it. Okay, um, I didn't. I really stayed on the Magic and Thunder last night. I did. And I watched the entire Lakers-Golden State thing. Um, Pretty predictable. Steph is not hitting. He's at 36%. He says he has a ring finger deal right there. And then he came in and hit two threes to start of that overtime. And then it still was kind of a close game. He missed a huge free throw. But then that ended up leading to another foul. Lonzo... You know, just super passive again. You know, I know on first take this morning they're saying that he was aggressive and it was good, and it wasn't. I can't believe how passive that dude is. It's really weird, man. He plays the opposite of the way of his father talks. Still better than Steph, though. He, I am starting to worry about Lonzo's MVP candidacy. We should update that. Should we? We send that out. Like an MVP meter, is that like just something? Be like, now? do you feel like Lonzo's season is hurting his MVP chances? Hot take. <laughs> okay, we got questions. Respect the game. All right, first one from Zachariah. He wants to know, what do you think of Brandon Ingram, and not just because of last night? So off that Lakers Warriors game. No, he's he better. Thirty-two, right? Yeah, he was good. He was attacking. He's aggressive. I mean, one of my things is what I really like is. Or are you aggressive? And he looks so passive. He had a bloody lip at the end of that. He was he was biting on his lip, blood all over the place, 32 points for him. Only took two threes. He could probably stand to get a few more calls too. But it's all so many it's so much elbow and whatever in your grill that you know he doesn't get as many. But the shooting percentage is up, the three point shooting percentage is up, the free throw attempts have doubled, the rebounding is better, the assist, there's still a few there. I mean, I always get freaked when somebody's scoring you know, somebody scores like 16 a game and they average one assist. You're like, oh, that you must be a blast to play with. Um, you know, the efficiency stuff still isn't better, but he's aggressive. He he just turned 20. Uh, I'm I'm. Is he look like he's going to be a franchise changing dude? No, not right now. He doesn't. But it's way better than it was last year, and that as of right now, is enough for me and should be enough for Lakers fans, even if you're going, you know, Bucci actually tweeted at me last night. He's like, I don't think he'll ever be a star, number one. I go, you know, you might be right, but 
It's better. And I know I've already done this a little bit before. I actually thought about doing something last night, but then I knew I'd be asked to come on Sports Center all day. Is that I'm like, the only thing I can think of is King James at home watching this Lakers game, knowing he's the missing piece to get past Golden State. But then everybody would have thought I was serious. So I didn't do it. Respect the game. All right, Zach wants to know. This goes off. Zach, back-to-back questions? No, that was Zachariah first one. This is Zach, different. You should go by Zach. If anybody, any Zachariah is listening, you should just probably chop that down. I think it's a pretty cool name. Uh, He wants to know, Zach wants to know, and this goes off our first topic, could Paul George be traded if this continues in OKC? Yeah, he definitely could be. Um, What point? At what point do you know if you have to just kind of cut your losses? And this is where the until the All Star until the All Star break, basically. Yeah, this is where, as a, if I were ever a GM, I would go. Okay, what are we doing here? Probably weren't beating the Warriors anyway, but I was hoping maybe for an injury out of them. Maybe we'd be, a, you know, we probably thought we'd be a top four seed here, and it's not working. Uh, playoffs wouldn't be enough for me to keep them around. Yeah, if it looks like this, I'm trading. And not, I don't care if he's saying, ah, you know, like you have to tell the only way I'm not trading you if you're Paul George is if you're, if I'm that tight enough with your agent and everybody's on the same page with the three of us getting in a room together, Presty, the agent, and George going, what are we doing here? Cause that's how the best GMs make their money. They know, they know, and they go, are you going to bail on us? Okay. Do you not like playing with Russ? How weird was that Russ video when they played Golden State? And he yelled at Adams for not shooting it when he wanted the assist. And Durant and Curry were sitting next to each other on the bench, elbowing each other, laughing their heads off. That's weird, man. That's not... There are things that I go, well, who cares? That's not that big of a deal. That is weird. That's also the stuff that the NBA gives you that no other sport does. Oh, it's the best. All right. All right, next one. Yeah, so basically if they were outside of the top four or five. But then again, what are you? If you're four, you go, hey... You know, I got to see some big improvement from them if I'm Presty to keep it, to take a run at it. Respect the game. From Drew Brooks, averaging 11 and 7 since his trade, is Greg Monroe the best <laughs> big coming off the bench in the NBA right now, or simply the best of all time? <laughs> uh, Brooks, who works on Mike and, excuse me, Bullock and Wingo. Hey, no, you know, well, you know, it's on his resume. Is Greg, longtime listeners know that I am a Greg Monroe fan. The best big of all time off the bench. I'm going to have to go with Greg Kite. Sorry. Respect the game. One more here. Khalib wants to know, how legit are the T-Wolves? How legit are they? They're actually... I see them as one of the five best teams in the West, and that's actually where they sit right now. But I hated what I saw from them two nights ago. Like that whole ball movement thing, and it's going to happen, but they were so bad at the end of that Wizards game. Their offensive possessions was like four straight minutes of terrible possessions, bad shot attempts, bad decisions, late in the shot clock, the wrong guy with the ball in his hand. So uh, it was a good win from last night in New Orleans, but Anthony Davis got chucked in the second quarter, I think. So, uh, and watching that happen, I'm like, oh my gosh, is Davis? I thought maybe Davis and Boogie were going to fight, and then I looked up, and Boogie was holding back Anthony Davis. So, you don't see that every day. Um, Respect the game. The T-Wolves are going to end up being in the playoffs, but they still can't figure out their defense. Uh, let me double-check that. Mm, yeah, they're still in the bottom third. 
And it is kind of like when I was tweeting about him two nights ago, a lot of Bulls fans, you know, because they just don't like Jimmy Butler now, but a lot of them pointing out, like, oh, what do you mean? More ISO from Butler? There is this thing that you'll notice where there's still no real connection between the three of Towns, Butler, Wiggins, and playing off of each other. I think Wiggins and Towns do a better job of it than Butler does with those two. And Teague hasn't played the last couple nights. And Tyus Jones has actually been okay, but so Teague was out. Respect the game. All right, one last one. Dylan wants to know, do Simmons and Embiid both make the All-Star game? Bill Simmons? I hate All-Star stuff because I, I don't. All right, pass. I don't really know. No, I'm not. Like, I got to go. There's no way Embiid's not making it, first of all. So, yeah, I think I, I actually would think that they would. But if you want me to double check, like, some stat stuff. Uh, can I split this? I can split it in the east. All right, so if I did. Was LeBron a rookie? As an, an all-star as a rookie? Why do I think he got snubbed the first year? Let me look that up. I think I remember it was like it was either him or somebody else where um, All-Star games. Yeah, he didn't make it the first year. That's nuts. But, I mean, look. Do you want to guess at what any of LeBron's stats were? This is putting you on the spot because I think you were. His rookie year? I bet he had. Ah, that was 03. How old were you in 03? I was 14. Hot. Uh, I would bet he had 17. Ah, 17, 6, and like 3. Shooting numbers? Overall in 3. 28. From 3? Yeah. 29. 29. There we go. Okay. Good for you, man. That was awesome. Uh, overall? Low 40s? Yeah, really low. <laughs> right. Four, uh, four one seven. So, what was his line? Two percent. Twenty one. Oh my god! Wow, I was late. five and a half and six. He's never scored less than twenty in a season, and that was his lowest by pretty wide margin. I mean, his next year, you're like, whoa, this guy's he's twenty seven a game, and he's not twenty years old. But all right, that'll do it for the Rosillo NBA pod. We went long on this one, but hey, we had to talk about Aaron Gordon. So that's the kind of night he had. I don't really have much on the Lakers Warriors. You know what I did do? I taped second half. I put on the Punisher, and then I felt super guilty because it was still close. And then I put the game back on. It's a weird feeling. All right, respect the game.